welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. So this is 130? 131? 32. Damn. I get confused by the non-numbered episodes. <laughs> Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 132, our kickoff for season 7, and the episode entitled Fallen. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to season 7. Going to be fun, this is. Lots of space battles, return of a good character, lots of fun. And, of course, for the ladies, naked Michael. <laughs> With strategically placed hands. Is her arse still visible? Well, if that's what does it for you. Well, no, it's just a four-section preview opens with naked Michael lying on the ground, so so I'm going to get the line up. Oh, no line. What do you mean, no line? Well, where's he gone? Went straight in. Well, I've got a line. I haven't got a line. So when you click on the menu... When I click on play, it opens on the purple mountains. Oh, there's the line. Okay, now he's back. Oh, God, now I have to go back again. Oh, I'm sorry, he disappeared. This isn't my fault. <laughs> this is Alan the Professional, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look your own words, that was. I said I was trying to be fresh and I didn't say it to see. <laughs> You're weird at times, you know that, don't you? I'm weird all the time, pal. <laughs> you mean I'm weird even by our flexible standards? Yes. Thank you. Outside is a clear blue sky, a couple of white puffy clouds, uh, cherry blossom on the tree and bright sunlight. You know, actually, as I was being hailed on today, if you haven't included that bit in the pre-episode discussion... As I was walking home through, essentially, my own personal hailstorm, the bloody ferry crossed the Mersey running through my head. <laughs> Fitting. Yeah, that's what I thought. My, my mental joke box can be somewhat ironic on occasion. I don't choose these songs, you know. They just pop into my head. Well, surely your subconscious is playing its part. Possibly. But you've got no control over that, though, have you? Never really been on speaking terms. <laughs> Gets you into more trouble. Well, I'm on better communication with it than I was, but, and this is mostly for our fans, I did mention that my text message alert is not the little whistle. Yeah. My text message alert is, in give it a second. Chevron 7 is Good old Walter. And what you don't know is, that is actually Walter saying it in the final episode. So that's the last time. It's the end of the final episode. It's the last time he ever says it. <laughs> nice. I felt it were appropriate to... I have in my head, I've started composing the sign-off I'm going to give after we record the commentary on the final, 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 whatever the hell it is when we finish in about, what, four years? That's long-term planning for you. Thanks to conventions, I could give you a rough sketch of my leave plans until about June of 2014. <laughs> I might even attend the UK con. I had such a horrendous experience at Birmingham Hilton, I've no desire to go back to it. Oh, that bad, eh? They insisted on pre-charging my credit card for £100 sterling for every night I was staying, in case I decided to charge something to the room. Just in case. So I said, fine, here, and paid mostly cash, which is mostly cash I had, and charged bloody everything to the room. <laughs> I didn't pay cash for anything. And then 
This is a disco convention with 900 people. Guess how many bar staff they had on? Oh, this doesn't sound good. One. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? We drink quite a bit. Partly one of the reasons they host cons, sell rooms and everything that goes with it. And, of course, there is the uh, default. I'm sorry because I'm drunk in Scotland and Wales as well and I'm afraid this phenomenon only seems to exist in England. The bar person with a single memory register <laughs> can only remember one order. They would last roughly two days in an Irish bar because first yeah. night might be given away to sort of, okay, you're not used to it. Second night, you can't remember eight orders if you're sacked. <laughs> well, if it's kind of one of the prerequisites of bar staff, you know, being able to remember orders. Because with Irish barman, you have to because the larger you went to Guinness, you sell. Yeah. <laughs> Point of Guinness takes 118 seconds to settle before it can be topped up, which means you could pull three or four different orders which only contained lager or bottled beers Yeah. while you're waiting for the Guinness. I was confused as to how I managed to get a lock-in in the bar in Swindon, and then I realised that when you say last orders, most English people just drink up and leave. To me, last orders is great, more points. The Flashbulb Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly. From cosmic horrors to fisticuffs, fast cars and smart mouths, we've got a chill for every spine. Find it all at flashbulb.com or search for it on iTunes. <laughs> I have to say, and you can put this in, these menus seriously impress me. Which menus? On the DVD? Yeah. Because they're the American DVDs, and they don't have these. I mean, this has got, it looks like an off-world camp setup. There's helicopters flying by, there's a truck driving past, which looks like giant grenades on the back of it. There's a Humvee. It's a bit too uh, cartoony for me. Oh, come on. All the bloody American DVDs has is just a list of the episodes. There's nothing, there's no effort gone into it, there's no special features. You don't have to sit for two or three seconds while the animation plays out. Oh, that was a second and a half, Tops. <laughs> I'm actually going to click on Fallen. Okay. Previous, oh dear, the disc has to take five seconds to spin up experience. <laughs> Why is there a second subtitle track? Do you think there's a subtitle track for the commentary? Nah, probably another language, isn't it? Well, technically, this is the Region 2 edition. Everyone in Region 2 speaks English. Do they? <laughs> Apart from call centre employees. I think most of the French, German, Dutch, Swedish, well, not Swedish. That's Region 3. Region 2, UK and Ireland only. There's only one region in Europe. The EU forced the Americans to only have one region in Europe. I thought it was UK and Ireland for Region 2 and then Region 3 for Europe. No, it's all one region. That's why you can buy a, a disc which will have 20 different European languages on it. Actually, one of the more sensible things that EU have ever done, that is. I know my uh, friend Tony had me buy their Untergang from them from Amazon.de. And this is before the days of Google Chrome and instant web page translation. Well, that's what annoys me about having to pay post and pack in from within the Amazon network. I think you've already got the infrastructure there to make deliveries. Come on, make it a nominal fee like you do, you know, Marketplace. I bought a book. It was Jack L. Chalker's. It was the Rings of Power series with people being transformed into different creatures and all-controlling computer which kept people at a certain developmental level to avoid humanity destroying itself. And rather than terraforming the planet, it terraformed the people. There was a machine which you could transform with, but you could only go one way. I bought book two for 10p <laughs> of Marketplace. P&P fee was 250 All I could see on the envelope, he paid 85 pence in postage. That one in mind. And I was like, grrr. <laughs> Come try ya! 
good movie on Sci-Fi Channel tonight. Uh, my box did a little hiccup last night, so I'm going to have to re-record a HD copy of the episode of Game of Thrones because I've got the other... Mm. No, no, I, I miss maybe two. I mean, I know what bloody happens. I've read the books. <laughs> it's not like it's a shock to me. That did actually surprise me, even for HBO. What, Joffrey? Well, no, this wasn't a teenage actor playing a child. This was a child actor being stabbed and coughing up his last breath as he drowned in his own blood, quite clearly. Last <laughs> week's episode, I was thinking, F*** me. Because I saw Jane posted, I don't like children being killed. It was good to see, apart from the dragons, you know, the first taste of magic in the series. Oh, the young given birth, that. Yeah. <laughs> thing. I won't tell you what it does. I can't really discuss it with you unless it's specific episode references because, truthfully, I'm at the end of book five. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know way too much. I have no idea what exactly how far they've gotten unless I've seen it, so virtually anything I say could be a spoiler. Yeah. Jekyll was OTV, wasn't it? Jekyll wasn't... BBC. Jekyll was BBC, yeah. Same thing yeah. with that. Bought Jekyll because I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah, I've got that on DVD. And it's it's actually... Re- oh, God, his name's escaped me now. Moffat. No, not Moffat, the actor. Oh, the actor. Well, I don't know who you were in about, just somebody in it. <laughs> I didn't think Moffat were in it. No, he wrote it. It's on Netflix, I might check it out. Seasons one through three, fantastic. Season four, absolute shite, because they lost a major character, and the replacement just wasn't very funny at all. Um, I suppose I recognised them from Eeyore. That show I never watched. I like hospital programs. Except Grey's Anatomy, which is basically a soap set in a hospital. Right, Lion is cocked and ready. You got to go? Yep. Two or three, Ivra Doe, Ivra Hain. Clicky. <laughs> and we have tweets. Uh, nope. Ah. What? A four-set purple mountains? Nice combination of CGI, matte painting. Hmm. A new animal took a look around and immediately went and chose a place next to the laziest, greediest beast in the stable. I'm not sure how that ruin stayed up. Yeah. He put a yoke on him at once and took him back to the merchant. We've heard this one already. Hmm. Respect your elders, young man. As it lost its meaning. I mean, you told it just now on the way down to the waterhole. And Ooh. don't you have what? <laughs> White flash of light. Yeah. And naked, Daniel. And I'm sure this has been paused and played back in slow motion repeatedly by our female listeners. At least our straight female listeners pointed out that very unnatural way to lie with your hand covering your genitals like that. I consider it quite natural. If I was naked in a crew of 60 people, I'd have my hand covering my genitals, trust me. He's not supposed to be conscious, though. Funnily enough, Martin Wood actually said he was very disappointed with his beginning. It was way too fast an introduction to having Daniel back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All I know is, somebody kidnapped me and waxed my chest. Anyway, go on, do your thing. I'll do my thing. I just wanted to actually mention that in the first place. All right then, Fallen. Season 7, Episode 1. Directed by Martin Wood and written by Robert C. Cooper. Premiered in uh, the US on June the 13th, 2003 on the Sci-Fi Channel, of course. Mm-hmm. We got it in the UK, September 29th. Ooh. The Aussies, October the 9th. And the Canadians, September the 9th, 2004. What? Yep, and a year later again. Oh, Michael Shanks got an and. And, yep. TV shows with the same episode title, CSI Miami, Whistlers and Transformers, and there was also a couple of films called The Fallen and a TV miniseries, which I think Alan watched not long back. Yeah, I did. It were on Netflix. Yep. Ah. And Corrin's no longer in the credit sequence. Aw. Oh, poor Corrin. <laughs> you expect he broke the tablet? Yes. 
you're not meant to take it with water. Like I said in the wrap-up, for somebody who wasn't meant to be in it, Dr. Jan- Dr. Jackson had more screen time in the last season than Dr. Fraser did. Karen's looking very young, or possibly Botoxed. Yeah, his hair's different, his old manner's different. Oh, Dr. Fraser. Yeah, the problem with this episode is that it came in 11 minutes long, and for a double episode, that's not good at all. Ah, that's better. The subtitles weren't on. Apparently track two doesn't exist. This is all one shot. Took about nine takes to get right. I got it. I got it. Tilk! Tilk! I got it. I got it. I got it. Sorry, uh, Tyler. Tyler. Master Sergeant Sly. Tyler. Tyler. (laughs) That's it. Just remembered his name. And there's Martin Wood. The the director. He's actually on screen for quite a while. And he's eating in homage to all the times Jonas was eating. Excuse me. Watch it. Watch it. This is one continuous shot, alright. Yep. Oh, up the stairs are the poor steady cam operator. Walter! <laughs> She's in uh, Hammond's office. Oh! It is, isn't it? <laughs> you can understand after the bad, the eighth take, you said, right, we're getting it right this time, or else. <laughs> we'll just seamlessly cut it together with CGI. <laughs> I got it. Hopefully, it's not contagious. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> oh, that's so something I'd say. On the tablet! You found it? Yeah, only it's not the lost city. That never made sense to me anyway. I mean, it, the, the tablet is written in ancient. How could they lose one of their own cities? And even if they did, why would they call it the lost city? They wouldn't. They would call it by its name, right? Mr. Quinn. It's not the lost city. It's a city of the lost. Everybody's got bad hair except the general. Well, let's face it. You're babbling, Jonas. You're babbling. Slow down. It talks about a city of the ancients called Visuban as being a place where plague began. This was going to be the crown jewel in the entire ancient domain. Only it was still under construction when the plague broke out. Two words. Gate address. Mr. Quinn, <laughs> you're already out, mate. <laughs> no patience He's for just not listening, is he? Amanda's like, I need to get some super hold moose now. She's just seen the rushes and she knows how horrible her hair looks. It does look rough. And she's Air Force, come on. Yeah, well, how many have actually had probes sent to him? Less than a quarter. And do you think that he came up with these uh, gate addresses randomly, or could there be some sort of order? We don't probe enough things in this show. If Visuban wasn't finished being built, at the time the entire ancient civilization fell... You're saying the ancient city we're looking for is the last one on the list? Well, we've been going in order from first to last, right? Send a probe. This one scene I was actually cutting off, so imagine this twice the length. We're not talking about a common cold here, Carter. It was the plague. Sir, we don't wear a hazmat every time we step through the gate. There's always a chance we could be exposing ourselves to something dangerous. Now the place is called the City of the Dead. City of the Lost, actually, sir. Not for lack of a sense of direction. Everything's an angle, isn't it? Yes. And there's your combo again with nice sort of rumbly, thundery effects. Yeah. What if I could throw in episode one and see if I could persuade Brian to start watching Stargate? <laughs> I can convert him slowly. Sean was a completely lost cause, but I might be able to get Brian in on the sci-fi from a tech perspective. Or at least get him watching Born Notes. Well, these folks don't look lost. Nor dead. I don't think that these are the ancients. I mean, anything's possible, but uh, they look like some sort of uh, nomadic tribe that's just taking up residence. Now, these guys stand out because they're not wearing blue, unlike yeah. everybody else in the Zonin village. 
They got a job lot and blue dye. Greetings. Greetings. We're travelers from a planet called Earth. <laughs> we come in peace, Jonas says, one waving to everybody. And Randa's decided, I'm stuffing this bad hair under a hat. <laughs> it's a turban. He is Jaffa. No, but he plays one on TV. <laughs> was that an ad lib? That strikes me as an ad lib. No, that actually was scripted. They weren't quite sure if they should keep it in. They did, and they got pretty much 50% complaints and 50% praise. You can't please all the people all the time. We have been here for some time now. If you wish to lay claim... No. No, no, nothing like that. We just want the opportunity to learn more about your people and uh, to take a really good look around these ruins. And that is Cordib, played by Rahul Singh. He's been in Battlestar, Fringe, Sanctuary, Supernatural, V, Bionic Woman, so everything that's been made in Vancouver over the last couple of years. Ooh. Colonel Reynolds, gonna shoot Daniel. <laughs> Just his reaction is priceless. Well, again, there was a problem. There was a whole scene cut out between that one and the greeting when they first came to the village, which developed Daniel's backstory with these people. He doesn't know his banjacks yet, does he? I think Corin knows. Jonas doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. Enemies' promises were made to be broken. And yet, honesty is the best policy. He that has too many friends has none. Ah, but birds of a feather. Oh, Richard, love this. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with that story. Uh, you win, Jack. Yeah. What lesson does it teach? Damn, now you've got to explain it. It has to do with flocking and togetherness. And to be honest, I'm not that familiar with the particulars myself. The point is, we're not your enemy. Give us a chance to prove it. Oh, crap. <laughs> He was doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> we found something you might want to see. This is Shamda, played by George Tolitis. Something you might want to see? That's an understatement. Daniel, buddy. It could be Daniel, it could be a robot, it could be a clone, it could be anything. Mm, that's true. Jack seems convinced. Aram. Aram. <laughs> Aram? That's what we call him. It means naked one. That's how we found him in the forest two moons ago. Yeah, why couldn't we get a shot of Amanda's face at that point? We really could have done with a shot of Amanda's face at that point. It's okay, it's Miss. Ooh. You see, that was another question. Why did she assume she could touch him? Yes, and I don't realise that maybe being ascended and descended has fixed his eyes. <laughs> and maybe the fact that he's, everything's blurry means he can't recognise anything. Although Daniel's need for ocular enhancement seems to be at the whim of plot. True. A little trivia about that set they were on uh, at the Narco Studios. That was actually the original dungeon in Children of the Gods, you know, where they were all imprisoned and yep. Tilt took out all the Jaffa. The same Sweet steps. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a shame. You're not bloody good to us then. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't take you back. <laughs> you are Dr. Daniel Jackson. You've got some nice lighting in this scene, though. This sort of half-in-shadow Daniel? Yeah. Even on the latest TV shows, sometimes they do dark scenes, and they were so dark, you can't make out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I saw that in uh, Game of Thrones last night, some of the scenes. I ended up flicking off the main light and leaving the side light on because I couldn't bloody see what the hell was up. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's right there floating in front of me, and all I have to do is reach out and grab it. I try. It's gone. You're a member of my team, SG-1. You're a friend of mine. 
Last year you died. I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Obviously not. You just sort of died. <laughs> sort of died. <laughs> Actually, you ascended to a higher plane of existence. Last time I saw you, you were helping us fight Anubis. Anubis? Yeah, kind of a over-the-top cliche bad guy, black cloak, oily skin, kind of spooky. Anyway, obviously since then you've retaken human form somehow. I... Bit heavy, isn't it? For yeah. Some... <laughs> yeah. Your name's Daniel. You're such and such years old. You were born here. <laughs> you can understand Daniel being sceptical of this kind of... What? <laughs> why am I here? Hey, why are any of us here? <laughs> <laughs> philosophical, Jack? No, that's probably sarcastic, Jack. I don't think Jack stretches to philosophical. But you got to trust me. You are Daniel Jackson. Think of it this way. Out of all the planets in the galaxy, why this one, if not for us to find you? She's saying a higher power had a hand in putting me here. I don't know. That was generally your department. Hmm. And he has a very good point there. Omar knew exactly where they were coming. Although I suppose you could have put him anywhere. In the SGC, for example. Or perhaps you weren't... In the SGC, Omar. You seriously think she's ever going to do something that straightforward? No, maybe she wasn't allowed to do that. Mm. Even she's subject to the whims of the rest of the ancients. Mm -hmm. Took her hat off. Yes, and her hair still looks bad. Who was it? Was it Keishi who said that Amanda's hair gradually gets worse as the season goes on? We had a comment to that effect, but here she's starting yeah. out bad. But who knows? Maybe the whole thing is punishment for trying to help us. He did say he was breaking some pretty big rules. So? What? It's going to take some time to search the entire extent of the ruins. There could be weapons or a power source hidden just about anywhere. In the meantime, we try to help Daniel remember. If that's even possible. Okay, you're in. You've got a feeling that if they inspected the runes on that column behind them, mm -hmm. there's probably valuable information on there. There's something written on it. Can I come in? That's it. Send the woman in. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffles her ear up a bit. It's not like it could be in sure. You don't. How do you knock on a tent? <laughs> Can I come in? If it's a closed tent, I find flicking a finger along the edge of it works. Yeah, not exactly a warm welcome, is it? Hmm. So, what'd you say your name was again? Ouch. It's Samantha Carter. You used to call me Sam. Yeah, well, like I already told Jim. Uh, Jack. <laughs> oh! Jack. <laughs> he wouldn't be no. impressed by that. I told him. I guess what I don't understand is why you weren't dying to know all about who you are. I am. And I'm not. See, it's the not part What if I don't like who I was? What if I don't want to be that person? At this point, you don't think Daniel's really making the effort? Mm. No. What if I don't have it in me to make up for something I've done wrong? Old Daniel didn't interrupt. New Daniel is rude. Yes. <laughs> we don't like new Daniel. <laughs> can we have old Daniel back? Or can we just get rid of Daniel and keep Karen for another four seasons? We all thought we'd lost you at one point. It was one of the hardest things I have ever been through. You were... You are brilliant. One of the most caring, passionate... You're the type of person who would give his own life for someone he doesn't even know. No, that doesn't sound so bad. If you had one fault, it was that you wanted to save people so badly. You, you wanted to help people so much that it tore you apart when you couldn't make a difference. 
Oh, actually, sounds kind of hard to live up to. You know Daniel, and you know that he's one of the n- nicest blokes around. Not now, he's not. I would definitely want to get to know me. You. I get it. Come back with us. Let us show you who you are instead of just telling you. I'll think about it. Damn, that does not feel like 14 and a half minutes. This episode is flying along. Strangely enough, even though it, it ran long, there's a lot, lot of talking going on. Mm-hmm. This early on, anyway, in the episode. Yeah. It changes later on. Yes, I'd imagine. Was there ever anything between us? Us? Uh, no. No, not in that way. We, we were really, really good friends. Yeah, they get a little prepositionally confused there. <laughs> There's one thing Martin said in the commentary. Daniel's story should have had a double episode all by itself. Mm-hmm. And the Anubis story, a double episode. They tried to fit too much into two episodes. Shamda here was just telling me a story about a dog and some dancing monkeys. OK, I'd like to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> At least it weren't flying monkeys. So that's... Very good story. Wonderful. Full of nuances. I like that. We uh, sent up a UAV. The ruins are quite extensive. Yeah, it's going to take us weeks to scour this place properly. What of Daniel Jackson? He's going home. He's kind of thinking, damn, I wish I'd have tapped that. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking, that sounds like a great dude. We <laughs> must really know each other. Wouldn't she have sex with me? <laughs> Daniel went from waking up naked, saying nothing, to being aware but no memory. Right back to being the Daniel we know. Wow, Sam, you are persuasive. Yes, you are persuasive, Samantha Carper. You have no memory of who I am? None whatsoever. Neither do I, sir. Seems a little puzzled by the staircase. We're going to give him his glasses now? That Samantha Carter, I think, was a deliberate nod to Teok. The whole full name. And I'm sure in the uncut version, it was actually there. They keep going on about the director's cut of this episode, and I'd love to see some of these director cuts. Surely he's collecting back pay. With interest. Jack checking out the nurses. Well, I'm happy to say, sir, that he's in perfect health, except for one small exception. You know what? I'd <laughs> pretend not to and just slap him on the head. Can I rub your bald head for a look? Wow, that's different. You recognize me now? Has your hair always been that way? What way? The glasses. That's <laughs> 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 Come on, Jack. <laughs> oh, Janet's got her hair done. Yeah. Janice got good here. Not exactly home, but we unpack selling your stuff. Yes, we sold lots of it on eBay and prop auctions and things like that. Yes, because we thought the whole thing was gone. That's the real reason most of his stuff is winged in. They were getting season seven. <laughs> A lot of which seemed to be very valuable. I suppose somebody had to keep it because Daniel's got no family. Hmm. Are we going to get white flash and some little flashbacks? Oh, dear, this could be awkward. I kept a few of your personal things alive there. I know her. Really? I mean, a must, right? Yeah. Who is she? What's, what's her name? You tell me. They did film a montage scene where Daniel went around the whole room yeah. examining the objects, but they needed to save time, so that went out the window and we jumped straight to him having his dream and waking up. 
holding his glasses, which... He must have dozed off on the bed. Yeah. With no light on, though. Yeah, well, he maybe can't figure out how to use it. Look, it's an early Kindle. <laughs> you don't burst into somebody's room that you don't really know. They could be doing anything. Ooh, sorry, am I interrupting? You are not. Yes. I am unable to kill Norim as I once did, since I began using Tritonin. Well, that sounds complicated. Indeed. Enter. Yeah, especially when you don't know what it is, Daniel. Yes. Kaunomarin could mean anything. He's already entered. Telling him to enter at this point is kind of a moot point. Well, shut the door. He's getting out, and the guard can hear us talk. Her name's Share. Yes. No one told me that. I remember that by myself. I dreamed about her, and when I woke up, I knew her name. That is good news, Daniel Jackson. Yeah, that's the first time I believed I might have a chance, you know. If I can remember a name, then there's a chance it's all in there somewhere, right? Indeed. So, so where is she? Uh, soft and gentle. He's so proud. He's like a puppy with a new toy. Look, I learned <laughs> a new trick. Oh, you're going to get your nose rubbed into yeah. it in a bit. She's dead. Oh. Childishly hopeful. Ah. Uh, oh, <laughs> Now's the time to do this, Tilk. Oh, dear. I loved her very much. Tilk does sympathise. Yes. He's been there. In fact, he killed her. Well, let's hope he doesn't remember that bit just yet. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything rash. You've got to remember what happened next. Mm. This being Omidacel is supposedly very powerful, right? That is correct. Why would she do this? If she wanted me to forget. You often spoke of the rules to which you were subjugated as one of the ascended. Perhaps she was required to erase your memories by laws of the others. But as your friend and mentor, she wished you one day to regain it. You think she cheated? She found a way around the rules? Hmm. You do not agree? Yes, Tiuk. Good Tiuk. She often did. <laughs> yes, every chance she got, really. Why'd I break the rules to fight him? Do you not believe it wise to remember on your own accord? No. I need to know why this is happening to me. Uh, <laughs> tell him, Tilk. Tell him, even though you don't know off what went on. No, indeed not. No, dear. At this point, uh, we believe that we've mapped the full extent of the ruins. No fancy guns or anything cool? Well, we've only completed a preliminary investigation. Does Daniel have an escorting SO, then? Well, yeah. Technically, well, he's not really Daniel at the moment, is he? Whatever... Security clearance the ad doesn't attend. Forgot what time the meeting was. <laughs> oh, a little joke there. It's a little joke there, that's the memory thing. Dr. Jackson, this briefing is classified. Yeah, Jonas mentioned that, but um You all said that I used to be part of this, so uh Look, I can't really give you a good reason. I just I feel like I, I should be here. Jonas's fault. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, it's not Jonathan's fault. Oh, let him sit down, General. Sit, stay. Just let us put the other half of the conference table in, because the camera was actually standing where the conference table is. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> oh, Jack's really not impressed to be called you. You wonder if he did that deliberately. Yeah. Jonathan looks so much younger with that hair. But uh, so far, we haven't found any signs of any advanced weapons or power sources. I mean, the original name of the city is... Visuban, which does translate as place of great power, but there's no indication that we're going to find any means of defeating Anubis there. You're not. Oh, dear. This was one of the problems. Just as Daniel sat down, he suddenly became an expert on all translations, and it is a bit jarring. 
uh, because Jonas translated lacoon to mean of the lost. Yeah, but that's how we found the, the wrong place. But the translations in your notes. Also wrong. If, if these are the ones you mean, I mean, I was, I was way off. Well, how do you know that? I don't know. I, I just, I know what the tablet says. How? I don't know. I just looked at it and understood it. Wait a minute. Are you saying the ancients actually lost one of their own cities? No, they didn't lose it. They they made it lost. Yeah, they hid it. Yeah. So much easier. They say the English language is difficult to learn, but it worked. And removed all reference to it from the written history. So, the lost city is still lost. I'm pretty sure. Not very helpful then, Daniel. Welcome back. You know, you told me to give Anubis that eye. According to reports from our allies, Anubis is quickly conquering the other system lords. He will dominate the galaxy in a very short time. I only did it because you said we could whoop his ass with what we'd find in this lost city. Well, if I said that, then I hope it's true, but... Look, all I know is that the place you're searching right now is not it. Then, where is it? Did I just say all I know? Everyone, turn away. <laughs> gonna do something nasty. I want no witnesses. Hmm? He's gonna smack him, but he didn't get the chance. Perhaps you've been better off staying dead, Daniel. Yeah. Hey. Sorry to bother you. Oh, you know, I was just uh, uh, reading about us, actually. Hmm. You said that Anubis was partisan. That the ancients tried to send him back to our level of existence, but failed, and now he's trapped somewhere in between. Yeah, so I've heard. Anubis wouldn't know everything there is to know about the ancients then, right? Otherwise, he would have already found the lost city or... or... And I was able to read that tablet, but... Yeah, mission reports. In the commentary, which was Michael Shanks, Marty Wood, and Jim Menard, <laughs> they actually joke that if they put glasses on Jonas, this scene would have been fantastic. <laughs> because... They have identical hair. <laughs> not, not far off. Although Michael Shanks was commenting on his eyebrows. Daniel has bushier eyebrows. Very bushy, yes. At this point, the only real difference in the two characters was that Michael does all his acting with his facial expressions mm. and Jonas, or Corin, with his hand gestures. Ooh, Teok and Fold Jafar Yeah, he's on a mission. Not from God, though. Not from God, no. Oh, montage. Ooh, shiny, Ooh, uh... Tokra. Shiny thing. They're shine the shiny thing, quote, uh, Tenacious D. Oh, this must have really annoyed Teok. As you all know, we've had little success using the Quadria to power the F-302's hyperspace generator for any length of time. <laughs> yeah, we know. If our calculations are correct, we believe that a short, controlled burst would send the 302 into subspace just long enough to bypass the mothership's shields. And if your calculations are incorrect? The 302 would bypass the mothership altogether, or worse, re-emerge inside it. But let's not go there right now. Of course, let's not dwell. <laughs> we die. <clears throat> Now, uh, according to intelligence provided by the Tok'ra, the power core of Anubis's new weapon must be cooled by a ventilation shaft on the exterior of the ship. If that can be targeted and destroyed just as the weapon is powering up, the crystals will overheat and be destroyed. Traveling through hyperspace in like dust and crops, boy. Where is this shaft, exactly? Oh, that's so Star Wars. An exhaust shaft. Yeah, just blow up the bloody exhaust porch. <laughs> is this a deliberate nod? Did Martin mention this? Yes, very, very deliberate. You gotta assume that anyone that watches Stargate has seen Star Wars. This is a all Robert C. Cooper, Star Wars fan. He wants to get the references in. 
and the producer, Michael Greenberg, actually read the script and says, oh, a story we've never read before in science fiction. <laughs> and he's a bloke who actually doesn't watch science fiction at all, which is odd, because he's producing a science fiction show. But on the plus side, the engine would probably rupture and blow the ship up anyway. They'll decipher the codes and relay the location of the target to Colonel O'Neill and myself, who will be flying the F-302. No problem, right? He sounds easy to me. This looks as a shock to Daniel. Daniel's like, what? Daniel's head movement was very much a, I am. Why did nobody tell me? <laughs> we did tell you, Daniel, you just forgot. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> the little thumbs up, yeah. for those of you that are listening at home. That eliminating the crystal power core of the ship's main weapon won't destroy the entire ship. Its defences and auxiliary weapons will remain intact. Daniel's with you. Not overly enthusiastic, but he's with you. Our goal is to take out Anubis's new superweapon. It's what gives him a clear advantage over the rest of the Goa'uld motherships. Now, we've received word from Teal'c that you has pledged to bring the full force of the remaining System Lord's fleet down on Anubis once we've succeeded. Yes, and we can trust him, can't we? Okay. Everyone who thinks this is absolutely an insane idea, raise your hands. Come on, be honest. Let's go. One, two. Daniel, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And Sam herself. General didn't. Thank you for volunteering, everybody. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, uh, it's going to take us at least a week to relocate the inhabitants of the ruins. Which will give us more than enough time to build a makeshift runway and get the 302 through the gate and reassembled. And once everything is established, uh, the Tokra will plant our fake tablet and, with any luck, we'll lure Nubis to the planet. Let's move. I forgot to say, it's not made of Lego. I'd want a bulldozer, and now you're going to get a bulldozer down level 28 and through the Stargate. Here. Asgard, Asgard, Asgard. Look, I realize I wasn't the most positive voice in the room. We all know it's an extreme long shot, sir. Well, my big problem with it is that all this depends on us trusting a ghoul to back us up. This is our only chance to take Anubis completely out of the picture, and you has come through for us in the past. All I'm saying, just for the record, this is the wackiest plan we've ever come up with. Wackier than strapping an active Stargate to the bottom of the X-302? Oh, yeah. You think? <laughs> Wackier than, than blowing up a sun? <laughs> yep. yep. Jack is looking... Well, Richard Dean Anderson is looking a little old. Hmm. Her hair still looks awful. It looks... It does, true. It looks like it hasn't been washed in weeks. Jack's rather pleased. At least he's making a contribution. Hmm. <laughs> Destroying an energy generation system in the middle of the ship would take out the whole ship. Apparently not. She can't think of a more extreme example, and this guy's left. There must be so. This guy's left. Send us around. What did we volunteer for? <laughs> ah, you. My lord, the fleet is ready. I say, when the fleet is ready. Of course, my lord. Yes. <laughs> it is time we move them into position to prepare for the ambush of Anubis, as you agreed, my lord. Speak to me as if I'm a fool again. You will not take another breath. Yes, my lord. Now, this scene is actually very important, but we don't know it for a long time. Ashu, the first prime of Lord Yu, played by Kevin uh, O'Shai. My apologies, totally mangling his surname. Been in Alice, Collision Earth, Arctic Air and Fringe. Didn't he just get out of it? No, he's just getting in it. <laughs> That's it. Band management. I'll tell you when you can go. You can go. <laughs> That's your son. Yeah. Charlie, right? He's why I know you. You took that first mission to Abydos because you thought it'd be suicide. Things change. Yeah, sorry. 
Now this scene, brace yourself, was originally written as both these guys came out of the shower. That's just unduly amounts of nakedness. You know, why can't we see scenes like that with Janet and Amanda? <laughs> Walking out with lots of steam and little white towels. Now, you may or may not notice that one of the nameplates on the lockers is Jay Menard, the DP of this episode. Yes, I do. Hey! Um... I may not remember everything, but, uh... I remember enough. Yes, I do. You're remembering more every scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very touching. Good. You normally see shots like this one, the character's about to die. Uh, forest, verdant woodland, and the setup that's actually visible on the menu of the DVD. Seriously, why? Camouflage netting, why? Thank you, Major. I have to admit, sir, it's a little strange to see you off-world. Well, this is not your usual run-of-the-mill alien planet operation, is it, Major? No, sir. What's our status? We're ready to go, sir. You'd better get yourself out to the F-302, then. Yes, sir. She never bloody salutes. Walter looks different with a hat on. So does the general. So, some of the fleet survived the last encounter with Anubis? Yes, not much, though. We have just received word. Anubis' ship will be arriving in the system momentarily. Yes, we're all going to die, aren't we? <laughs> Airstrike, this is command base. You are a go for takeoff. The F-302. Can you see with the bits we'll put together? Yeah, I thought we were going with Red Leader on this one. <laughs> no, Jack. Not this time. Uh, command, there is one more thing. Colonel, Major, Godspeed. Uh-huh. All right, that's better. Thank you, sir. Now, this runway is not tarmac, it looks like just ground. Yeah. And as we've said before, the ground clearance on that fighter isn't much. No. Look at that, the gun deploys as soon as he comes into orbit. Mm. Right, there's a very expensive special effects shot, which we're only going to use once. Yeah. We're just going to play this out. <laughs> Looked and more people arrived. They came by the gate, honestly. So they're not actually being deployed to secure the area, are they? No, they're not exactly being deployed stealthily either, are they? No. And didn't they hear that weapon? They're only, what, 20 yards away? No, you'd think they'd be securing the whole area, not just leaving two sentries on guard. Yeah, that's your file really aren't bright. I know we've said it before. They're part of SG, who's that? It's Colonel Reynolds' team. Are they SG-3? Mm, SG3, yeah. Just wish them luck. Ring summoned. Bright, shiny, shiny thing. Ring on. Ooh. Oh, that's a nice shot. Isn't that a pretty shot? Not quite sure why he's doing the roll, but give him for that. It's Jack. Why he's doing the roll. With Jack and a flying thing, probably because he can. Holy crap. Look at that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. <laughs> a little bit bigger than it, it looks on sir. pictures. Tally four gliders nose, 400 kilometers. What is that in space terms? 400 kilometers. Kilometers are the same in space as it is on land. The thing is, what's the range of the Death Glider's weapons in vacuum? In theory, infinite. Nice. That is sensible. Yeah. Lying the ground and zapping with it. That was a nice yeah. shot through the screen. You can see writing. 
Yeah. But that sort of behind. That's not complicated to do. Extending. Maxburn. You're heading right for them, sir. I want to see what this thing's made of. I can tell you exactly, sir. Another time, maybe. Please. Now, all the dialogue that Sam and Jack speak now was actually from a US Air Force fighter pilot, <laughs> a friend of Martin Woods. And when they actually filmed this scene, mm. Amanda and Richard couldn't help but keep laughing. Fox 4-2. Now, replace all the dialogue anyway. Oh, my. Pretty. Yes, let's fly through the explosion, because that's not going to damage the ship at all. Pitching back, left, one, three, five. Daniel, Jonas, we are under attack. We need that intel. We're close. We can't hold these guys off for long. The director's cut to the episode actually had giggling away. Yeah, hurry up, they're shooting at us. We only had two missiles. <laughs> you think? You're on a bloody thing that makes a talk look like an Al-Kesh. Of course you've got company. Did you like my loose ship names there? Yes. My lord. Take the fleet to Shodawa. My lord, that is across the galaxy. We are in position to ambush Anubis according Do to... Do not question me. I am your god. Do as I say. You cannot. I have no choice. Take him to a holding cell. If you abandon this opportunity to eliminate Anubis, you are dooming yourself and your master as well. I must do as my god commands. Ooh, not good. Not good at all. He's gone a bit mental. He's a short first prime, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> or to be fair, let's just say that everybody else is tall. <laughs> he could be 5'10", 6'4", when everybody else is 7'4". Yes. Our ground troops have confirmed that there is a human base on the planet. The search of the city. No energy signatures. And here we have Anubis, carefully shot so you don't see his face and they mm-hmm. don't have to spend thousands of dollars on the special effect. Good to see Herak still alive and, well... Yes. Michael Adam Twait. For now. Anubis, again, played by David Palfrey. Yes, that'll stop him getting him in. What didn't they do in the first place, then? You'd think they'd be more soundproof as well. That's it, I'm in. Uh, this may take more than a little while. Okay, do some kind of, uh, keyword search? Yeah, for what, Achilles? Well, that's good. I'm glad to see that you're... Your memory's finally coming back, not to mention your razor-sharp whip, but why don't we try something like, uh... Enough of his memory back to actually use his control console, but not enough to solve the problem in 30 seconds. That's it, that's it. Hmm. Both actors looking at the same point in space when they put the CGI up. From a tablet PC? (laughs) Even if it's a Galaxy Note. Oh, sweet. We gotta go, Carter. Sir, I've got the target data, but we need Anubis to power the weapon. Airborne, we have not heard from Tilk. The Ghoul fleet is long overdue. See, I had a problem with this plan. That's usually not an issue. The attack vessel continues to elude our gliders. That's a wonderful... You know, he's got a note of contempt. Yeah, he's very forceful, isn't he, really, for a first prime. I do not believe what you are searching for is here. I agree. Shall I target their base, my lord? No. Recall the ground troops. Forget the base. Let's just destroy the planet. (laughs) You should be thankful there's a lot of system lords that wouldn't even bother recalling their own troops. There's a lot of system lords that would have shot you for speaking in that. <laughs> and not enough deference, is there, really? Base camp, this is Jonas. Come in. Go ahead. Your position's been compromised. The Stargate is being targeted. Repeat, the Stargate is being targeted. The Nakwood will amplify the blast. Roger that. Evacuate all personnel. 
Yes. Run for your life. To the gate. Hey, are you telling me he doesn't have a gate on that joint ship? He probably has three. Right now, right? We need the gold motherships here to finish the job. Sir, we've got four more gliders headed this way. Can we go at it now? Activating hyperdrive. <laughs> Whoa! Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, that's very Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, think, Jack? Damn, that was close. Transferring target data to your terminal, sir. Hawkins, are you there, Hawkins? I know he said red leader. My lord, the human attack vessel has breached our shields. Shoot it down. Easier said than done. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, time to go. You first. Who's going to survive the episode? But isn't he at their feet? Yeah. Yeah, don't look away when people are rushing towards you, Jonas. Oh, dear. Oh, look, uh, oh, come on, that's a good old-fashioned gun turret. <laughs> Use the force, Jack. Use the force. Target is locked. Box 4-2. Well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. We've been hit. The core is overloading. We must power down the weapon. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, that's a lovely shot. Oops. Now, how big is that ship if it can contain that sort of explosion? Oops. Now, how big is that ship if it can contain that sort of explosion? Face, face. Yeah, you can only tell anything happened. Uh. Surely there was a fuse somewhere that they could take out it. Surely there was a fuse somewhere that they could take out it. Ooh, very 2001. Yes, very alien as well. There's the brighter list. Yeah, this was shot using a camera on a 25-foot track. Indeed. We'll wait until Anubis' ship clears out and rendezvous with you at the Stargate as planned. Yeah, as far as that goes, we may have a little problem. Poor Jonas. You will suffer greatly. Yeah, I figured as much. Although I am consoled by the fact that we succeeded in destroying the power source for your new weapon. You are in no position to gloat. Hey, we just wiped out your single advantage you had over the gold. I would say that that's about as good a reason as any. Enough. That's the spirit, lad. I won't tell you anything. Oh, yes, you will. But he is gloating, Anubis. He is gloating. He's, I'll give him this. He's rather... Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, surprise. I have the conqueror of brain meeting. Yeah, even Thor couldn't withstand that. Yeah. You know what he's thinking? He's thinking, where's he going to insert that? <laughs> <laughs> that joke will work every time. Yep. Is that a suppository? It doesn't fit up his nose. You're thinking logistically, I mean, how much damage are you going to do when that thing burrows its way into your head? Quite a bit, I'd imagine. I don't think you're supposed to survive the procedure. No, well, Thor didn't. No, his body didn't, that's true. Ah, he has others. Yes, yes. Plenty of Thors to go round. <laughs> well, two that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was part one. That was part one. As a season opener and an introduction, a reintroduction, Daniel Jackson. It had its good bits and other times maybe a bit too dialogue heavy, repeating the same thing over and over again. Well, you know, I mean, some of the uh, audience may not be quite as bright. Well, that's always a problem, isn't it? Season 7 may have been the first episode anybody ever watched of the show. That would be a bit of a jump. It happens, doesn't it, you know? 
Well, surely, I mean, it's the idea you watch season seven and then you go back and watch season one, two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, that's... Or you watch season seven and you go back and buy the first six. Yeah, something like that. These days, you just Netflix it or other VOD system you mm-hmm. get access to. It's not on Netflix. Not on our yes. Netflix, anyway. <laughs> it's on my own personal Netflix. Well, that's all you want, isn't it? Okay, then, a few little bits. Uh, Martin Wood, we saw his cameo. He was actually playing Major Wood. Major Wood, seriously? Major Wood, yeah, Major oh, Wood. Oh, God. Sorry, that took a second or two to process. There, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was any on-screen credit, but... <sighs> Colonel Reynolds, played by Eric Brecker, who was in 16 episodes of Stargate SD-1. Very familiar face, was in Battlestar Galactica, Dead Zone, Supernatural, Smallville, Chaos, and also The Killing, which is currently in its second season. Mm-hmm. You was played by Vince Crescio, as we mentioned, the very first stage of a very important arc for that character which pans out throughout the rest of the season. I mean, at this stage, we're thinking, well, what's he playing at? It was an obvious opening for him to attack Anubis and destroy him. Yet somehow, for some reason, he sent his fleet to the other end of the galaxy with no explanation. Not that, as a god, he needs one, but a bit strange. As a season opener, though, I can't really fault it, mainly because of the actual space combat. Even though, during the commentary, Michael Shanks actually said Martin Wood agreed with him, Stargate isn't about space battles or that sort of action. It's much more about the people and the relationships and how they react to events. But Season 7 is very, very space-heavy, and I personally love it for it. Yes, you are slightly inclined towards spacey things. Yes. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Right, feedback this week from... Last week's episode, well, the episode that was posted Saturday, which was the season six wrap-up. Bradley Mull says, can't wait, guys, love the show, it's in my top five podcasts. I replied, wow, it's not even in my top five. Thomas replied, really, Mike? This is the first podcast that I ever listened to. It's totally awesome, the banter you guys have. And Bradley says, it's true. I replied, well, the first bite of the apple can seem to be the sweetest until you have something to compare it to. This analogy covers many things in life. Right. Bradley Mull, if that's the case, then I've eaten a lot of apples and they still taste great. Then try an orange. I've got a full fruit bowl, but apples still up there. I should stop trying to talk you out of liking and thus listening. Uh-huh, Smiley. True. That's actual out-and-out praise. I feel positively flattered and mildly embarrassed. Oh, it is praise. Are you taking the podcast viewpoint of Keynesian economics? Yes. Because <laughs> apples are the classic comparison. Apples and satisfaction are the basis of Keynesian economics. <laughs> which is essentially what the film Wall Street is about. You've listened to enough podcasts to know that. But we've got loyal fan base. Never went very big. <laughs> but it takes a bit of a shine away that says, you're the very first one I've listened to, or you're the only one i listen to. <laughs> the praise comes from, I listen to a thousand and you're the best. I would rather have somebody that listens to a select few podcasts. Podcasts, as with friends, it is better to have a small, closely knit group than a sea of acquaintances that you're... Because it's hard to store passion. If you listen to a thousand podcasts and half of them are weekly, you don't do anything else. There isn't physically enough time to do anything else. Yeah, the only reason I've got a short playlist these days is because I haven't got time to listen to them like I used to. Come try ya! The next bit of feedback is from Colin via email. Hi, Mike and Alan. Well, here's some feedback for the first episode of Season 7. Fallen. They waste no time in getting back to business. Daniel gets dumped on an ex-ancient planet naked, which I'm sure pleased some ladies, but it's the way that he's so vulnerable without an idea of who he is that makes this episode. His first recollection being of his wife, a painful memory to recall. Jack is, well, Jack. 
believing it'll all come back to Daniel eventually, while at the same time firing off cliches. Speaking of cliches, Jonas and Daniel actually work well together, kinda ironic as one is doomed to make way for the other. Still, we get a very good space battle, but alas the big plan all goes wrong, leaving lots of cliffhangers for the next instalment. A good episode overall, and a very good start to Series 7. Thanks Colin for the comments. Colin hosts the Trek News and Views podcast, so check that out if you can. That's the feedback for this week. Methods of contacting us follow. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast. And our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. It can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Okay then, next week. Next week we have, he said, quickly going to clicks rapidly. And I have clicked, react. Homecoming part two, which is odd because we didn't have a homecoming part one, but with that little niggle which they've been doing since season two. Jonas's planet comes under attack from Anubis, forcing Teok to parley with Lord Yu while Jack and Sam reluctantly return to Kelowna to deal with the politicians and military there while Daniel and Jonas went on the most dangerous mission of all, in a covert operation aboard Anubis' ship itself. That was one sentence. Yes, you didn't take a breath, did you? With Jonas a prisoner, Daniel is left alone to free him from Anubis. While Fallen was Daniel's reintroduction, Homecoming is Jonas's farewell. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yes, when his home planet comes under attack by Anubis. Jack's really not keen on Kelowna, is he? Not really, no. He didn't really enjoy his time there. He all pretty much politics, wasn't it, really? So he doesn't handle that very well. But when we're looking at two-parters, you've really got to judge them as a whole two-part. I can't really remember too much about Homecoming, to be honest with you. I remember the end. I remember the end quite well. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Zoom, boom, ping, bash, bosh, straight to the moon, as it were. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised I was actually tried to blow up our moon in this year's so far. Well, why? Easy to destroy the Earth, isn't it? Well, if you blew up the moon, you'd have the Earth destroy itself and you get a chance for everyone to get away. Suitable drama, etc. Not as silly as that completely silly panel movie I watched called The Core. You said it had too many large stars in it to be B-movie. Well, yeah, it wasn't a B-movie. It should have been a B-movie. Okay, then. We'll wrap up for tonight. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.